The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Well, kids, it is time for you to head out uh, to Kids Zone. So, you can do that now. I trust you have a great time there this morning. Can I just say thank you? Uh, thank you for your singing this morning. It, it does the soul good to hear the saints singing to their Lord. It does my soul good. So thank you for that this morning. If you know me at all, you probably know that I'm prone to forget things. People's names, I mean, come on, you're the pastor of a church. You might remember a face, but you forget a name. I'm prone to forget people's names. I'm prone to forget important dates. Blokes, you probably know what it's like to forget a particular important date and you, you might cop a look from your wife or a reminder from someone. You've dropped the ball. Maybe you've forgotten important details. Or maybe you just remember an event different to what someone else does. I'm prone to forget, and I I suspect we're all a bit prone to forget. There are some things that Scripture tells us to forget. In particular, things like when someone else wrongs us or injures us. We're told to more than just forget, we're often told to forgive, to show love. To not take revenge. However, there's one thing in particular that we are commanded to remember. And that is what we were before Jesus saved us. So I invite you this morning to remember what you were before Jesus saved you. We're going to gather around communion this morning. So if you don't have the elements for communion, feel free to get up now and go grab it. I'm not going to be offended in any way. If you've got your Bibles, you can take them out and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be visiting that throughout the message. Do you remember what you were like before Jesus saved you? In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul doesn't mince his words as he calls us to remember. There are two particular things I want to just point out this morning that Paul says we were before God intervened. Firstly, we are told that we were dead spiritually. We say that in verses 1 to 3 of Ephesians 2. 
Paul says, You were dead in the, trans, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, craving out the de- carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were dead, spiritually dead, in our trespasses and sins. That's not just the state of a, a few particularly bad individuals. That was the state of all humanity. It was our nature, our DNA. It was part of who we are to be against God. To reject him, to rebel against him. To reject his way of life for us. And our motivations reflected our spiritual state. Our motivations and our actions came from a place of pride, selfishness, disobedience. We did what the spiritually dead naturally do. We're controlled by the passions and desires that reflected a spirit of rebellion. And because of this, we were children of wrath, it says. We were under the wrath of God, the righteous anger of the holy God. And God's wrath is the necessary and appropriate response of a holy and just God, the creator of the universe, to the creatures who reject him and his loving mercy for them. Paul says in Romans 2, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself, on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honour and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath. And fury. Do you remember what we were? Before Jesus saved us, we were all dead. And the dead have no power to make themselves alive. There is nothing that they can do to bring themselves 
to life. That power must come from outside of them. Picture a a deflated balloon. It has no power to do anything about its condition. I wanted to bring a balloon along, but I couldn't find one big enough that everyone down the back would be able to see it. It'd be some tiny thing. That's what we were. Before Jesus saved us, we were dead. We were powerless to do anything to change our state. We were like the deflated balloon, powerless in ourselves and needing someone outside of us to intervene. But on top of being spiritually dead, as non-Jews, we're also distant relationally from God. Verse 11 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. Therefore remember, says Paul, that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, the emphasis of these verses here is of our isolation from God. We were separated. We were alienated from God. We were strangers to him and to his people, those of the the covenants, of the promise. Imagine that you are in the most isolated place you can think of. What might be the most isolated place you could think of? Maybe it's a a sandbank in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Now, it's a sandbank. There's no palm trees. It's not a deserted paradise. Or maybe when you think isolation, you think desert. Somewhere in amongst the dunes. Sea of sand. Or maybe when you think isolation, maybe you're thinking down the bottom of a long abandoned mine shaft. And might, that might just reflect that I was stopped by in Ruby Vale and this week just gone. Down the bottom of a mine shaft, in the middle of nowhere, abandoned, isolated. On your own. Imagine that there's no chance of rescue for you. On your sandbar, you're not in amongst a shipping channel or a flight path. 
You're utterly isolated. There's no way out. No one to call on. No one to flag down or to stumble across you in your time of need. See, not only were we dead and unable to help ourselves before Jesus intervened, we were on our own, isolated, with no chance of rescue. As verse 12 describes it, we're Christless, we were stateless, friendless, hopeless, Godless. Do you remember what we were? The reason why it's important for us to remember what we were before Jesus saved us is so that we can appreciate what we are now. See, friends, while we were dead, and distant through Christ Jesus we are now made alive in Christ Jesus we are brought near but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Verse 13, but now, in Christ Jesus, you, we, who were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Can I hear amen? amen. Dead. Distant. Hopeless, godless, friendless, Christless. It's what we were. Yet God, because he is rich and mercy, because he is kind, because he loves us, because he is gracious, reached down. picked up that balloon, you might say, and gave it life. 
See, friends, if we are to appreciate what we are now, we need to remember what we were before God's love reached down and found us. If we are to appreciate the life we now live, we must remember that we were dead. We were powerless to help ourselves. For it is by God's grace that we are saved. The reality of the gospel is that we are totally and utterly dependent on the mercy, the love, kindness and gracious gift of God for our salvation. It's only on the basis of Jesus' atoning sacrifice on the cross that we may be forgiven. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ are we brought into relationship with God. No longer are we separated, alienated, strangers. Now we are part of God's family. Do you appreciate what you are in Christ Jesus? The communion table is not just a place for remembrance, friends. It is also an opportunity for repentance and recommitment. It's an opportunity to lay our lives bare under the gaze of the Holy Spirit and to confess our sin to God. Maybe you found yourself walking in pride. Maybe selfishness is something you might say, oh, that describes how I've been living of late. Maybe disobedience is something that hooks into you. Friends, there's always times when we find our lives living in the passions of our flesh where we're guilty of carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. See, though we are now saints, we are not perfect. We need to regularly come, confess our sin before the Almighty God and be reminded of His forgiveness. One John one says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. This is the Apostle John speaking. That God is light, 
and in him there is uh, in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we're going to spend some time now a few quiet moments where i encourage you before you take communion if you are a follower of jesus if he is your lord and savior take this time now to confess your sin and receive his forgiveness If that is not something you have done before, if you would not claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would encourage you to seriously consider what you are dead, distant from God. But also consider what He wants you to be alive and near to him let's take some time to come before our lord just quietly and allow him to examine us
at the cross, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life as an atoning sacrifice for us. He died in our place so that we might live. He endured the wrath of God so that we would not have to. And on the night he was, before he was, well, on the night he was betrayed, he was having a meal with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I invite you to take your elements and to eat the, the wafer now. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink together as a sign of our unity in Christ Jesus. Let me pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, We come before you now as your children, conscious of your holiness and of our sin. Lord Jesus, we thank you for willingly suffering and dying in our place. So that our sins might be forgiven. So that we who were dead might be made alive. So that we who were far off might be brought near. Heavenly Father, it is our prayer. that you would be glorified in this world. We pray and ask that you would glorify yourself in our hearts, in us 
and through us, Lord, we pray, so that this world might know that you are loving, kind, merciful, gracious God who longs to bring the dead to life and the distance close by. Father, we ask that you would use us for that task. We ask that you would use us to share the message of our Lord Jesus Christ, to share your love with those around us. Give us opportunities, we pray, to share your gospel with our friends, with our neighbours, with our family members and our co-workers, those we work with, those we study beside. We also pray, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, you'll give us the courage that we will need to make the most of those opportunities, to see them and to take them with both hands. Lord, we thank you for the way we can do this as a church family. Lord, for ministries like Playgroup, like card making, soccer, Lord, for Super Club, Lord, we thank you that we are not just sent out on our own in this task, but we are also to gather together to proclaim your name, your message of hope for a lost world. So, Father, we pray for fruit in these ministries. Lord, we praise you for the, the new families coming along to Playgroup. Lord, we pray that as relationships build there, that your gospel will be made known through conversations that happen. Lord, we pray that as we get to know our neighbours, that we would be willing to share what we know who we know. Lord, we thank you for your generous provision for our daily needs. And we ask that you would take the offerings that we give and to use it for your, your kingdom's work, both here in our local area, but also throughout the entire world. And so, Lord, we pray for the extended families of those serving in Thailand, those who are back home in Australia or India. Lord, we pray for their health and for their safety in the changes that, that are being experienced all around our world. We pray that they would be able to feel close to their family despite the physical distance they have to overcome.
Lord, we also pray for those who are in particular need of your comfort, your strength, your healing power and your support at this time. Lord, we think of the Tweedale family as they grieve Jean's passing. For our church family also as we grieve Jean's passing, but as we give thanks for her life and celebrate, Lord, that she is in the presence of her Saviour. Lord, we pray also for for others of our number who who are ill. Lord, some with colds and flu, others with COVID. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen their body and weaken the disease. Lord, we pray that through medical intervention or through your miraculous power that you would keep them from the worst of this illness. But Lord, for others who are going through either short-term or long-term mental health issues. Maybe there are other issues that have been going on for a long time. It's been a long season of suffering. Lord, we pray for them. We ask that you would intervene on their behalf, but we know, Lord Jesus, that suffering is synonymous with this world. Suffering is a part of being a follower of Jesus. So we ask that you would sustain them, sustain us in this time. But Lord, we also ask that you would move us to care for them in this time of weakness. Move us with compassion, we pray. And use us to show your love in very Practical ways we ask. Father, we thank you for the gift of your indwelling spirit. We pray that through your spirit you would continue to transform us into the image of your beloved son. That day by day, our lives would more accurately reflect the character, the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we offer ourselves afresh to you this morning and ask that you would make us a people of love. Self-sacrificing love, we ask, Lord. A love that reflects our Lord Jesus Christ and shows that we are his disciples. Whether that be in the big things or whether that be in the little things as we serve one another in this place and throughout the week. Lord, make us a people of love, we ask. Make us a people of joy, Father. A people who are not downtrodden, 
A people who know the path set before us, the joy that awaits us. Make us a people of joy, we ask. Make us a people of humility, Lord God. That we, we are not a people who think more highly of ourselves than we ought. But as we follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Saviour, the humble footsteps, that though he was by nature God, he didn't count equality with God something to be grasped. But in humility, took on the nature of a servant and came, served us, suffered and died in our place and truly, fully revealed the heart of the Father. Lord, make us a people of humility. Make us a people of faith, Lord. A people who trust in you totally who understand that you have us here as part of your eternal mission to reveal the character of a loving God and to share the message of our loving God to this world. Lord, make us a people of faith, we ask. Make us a people of hope. Hope that is beyond just optimism. Hope that is founded on our Lord Jesus Christ, on his death and his resurrection and his ascension, knowing that he will return one day and bring us to be with him. And finally, Lord, we pray that you would make us a people of purity. Wash us clean day by day. Lord, may we be people who throw off the passions and desires of the flesh, who seek to live a godly life, to rightly reflect the holiness of the God who has saved us. Make us like you, we pray. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.